I don't remember the last time the Winnipeg Jets actually had a bad game, but you know what? They almost did against the Chicago Blackhawks. But as this team always seems to do, they found a way to grit it out and win despite the loss of Mark Shifley and fatigue settling in. It was a massive win, and we'll dive right into that on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See team Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Now, like I said, the Jets, uh, you know, for a team that has, frankly, not really lost many games at all this year, I believe about nine total, you know, the Jets have... Uh, honestly, just, well, this is regulation losses, of course, uh, but Winnipeg, you know, this year, they just continue to roll. There aren't many teams in the league that can touch them. They have amassed an, amassed an incredible record. And, you know, when you look at how Winnipeg has accomplished it in a variety of ways, it's really impressive that this team has, uh, well, I, I mean, saying it's impressive, really impressive is honestly the understatement of the century. This team is sick, right? And you look at how they've they've accomplished it. 60 points through 41 games is insane. Insane. Just mind-boggling. Uh, we really haven't seen the Jets do this in a very, very long time. I'm not even sure if Winnipeg had the same points total in 2017-2018 at the same time. I'd have to go back and look that up. Um, which is kind of fun to consider. I know one episode I talked about maybe having these two teams play because it's very, they have two very different styles of how they accomplish it in terms of, um, you know, the, the 2017, 2018 team being a balanced juggernaut and this team being more of a defensive juggernaut while still having enough offensive potency to be scary. You know, they don't have like the free flowing offense of Dallas or maybe some of these other teams, but you know what? They have conceded among the least amount of goals in the entire league. And again, they are on that massive streak of three goals or less conceded. Winnipeg just continues to hum. They are nearing that uh, all-time record. And against Chicago, I thought what was really interesting and really stood out is for like 55 or 56 minutes, the Jets were dead on their feet. This team looked like it was heading towards a 1-0 loss. Winnipeg. Uh, really struggled to make much of any sort of offensive push throughout two and a half periods. And you could tell that fatigue was setting in, right? This team was slowing down. 
they were struggling. And then they lost Mark Shifley about halfway or so through the game, which was really disconcerting. Uh, and the lines got scrambled. Bones tried a ton of different combos. We saw first line Lowry. Um, we saw Ayafalo being bumped around, Ehlers and Velarde being shifted with different units. I mean, he tried all these different combos to get something going because the only line that really looked like it had any energy was the fourth line since those guys don't tend to play a lot. But against all odds, Winnipeg finally got a breath of life when, you know, in the last few minutes, uh, Velarde ended up tying it on a great cross-slot low feed from Adam Lowry. Uh, credit to Lowry for picking this pass out. He made a perfect cross-crease pass, which, given that Mrazek was challenging angles really effectively and shutting down some of Winnipeg's best chances, including what should have been a bang-bang goal from uh, uh, Vladislav Nemesnikov on a great feed, you know, it, it felt like the Jets maybe were finally going to have their seven-game win streak snapped. You know, Winnipeg was cruising most of the past few weeks, and now they faced adversity. But then Velarde tied it. The arena exploded after having a relatively quiet night for a sellout crowd, and it felt like, you know, anything might happen. And from there, the Jets just suddenly took off. In the last few minutes of the game, it was like the team found that extra little bit of push, and, you know, the reward for all of it was Ehlers with a great, great dive through three different defenders uh, from a nice little touch pass from Lowry in the neutral zone. Ehlers carves through and does his thing after just wiring a shot over the net earlier. He comes back and makes absolutely no mistake on the far side. Massive game. The crowd just absolutely erupted, and you could feel like fans were waiting for something to really pop off and have that massive happy moment and there it was the jets came away with another two points an eight game win streak which is a franchise record and the vibes being absolutely immaculate i remember last night i was just laughing i mean this team the stuff that they do man sometimes that's all you can do is just laugh i mean they really are incredible laurent persuas having a pretty strong outing in net and you know <laughs> what can you even say about this team i mean they've they've really done things in ways that I never expected them to. I thought, you know, this year would be really about the forward depth overtaking things. And, and in a way it has, right? The Jets have more skill up and down the lineup than they've had in years. They have like a ton of, of playmaking ability and two-way transition that I think is really impressive. But it's really come down to this team being a tight defensive, defensively dominant unit uh, across the board that has really carried this team. You know, you're getting better defense from Josh Morrissey. You're getting shutdown ability from Sandberg and Schmidt together. You have a bottom six that generally locks down opponents and a top six that has, you know, actually done reasonably well with some defensive performances, especially guys like Velarde and Perfetti. This team is special, and I, I keep saying it that I think, you know, you make a trade or something to really add one more or two more pieces that put this team over the top. And at this point, you know, you're going to find that there's not really many opponents that can stop this team. You know, the, the Jets are going to lose a game at some point, right? They will have to lose a game. Uh, we'll see if it's this weekend against the Flyers. I'm really hoping not. But, you know, the Jets have risen to such heights that it, it really feels like they almost can't be stopped. It feels like a loss right now would be impossible to conceive. Now, what is what is kind of ridiculous is that right now we've got teams uh, like Edmonton and uh, one other team that's currently on like an eight or nine game winning streak, which is crazy that the Jets are not the only one. But you know who is in first? The only team that's in first place in the NHL is Winnipeg. 60 points, 41 games. 
120 point pace. Would you have believed that at the start of the season? Even with all of the additions, I mean, getting to this point is almost unthinkable. So uh, when you're talking about Jack Adams candidates, uh, you're talking about Vesna candidates, and you're talking about just most fun team in the NHL, you got to put the Jets at the top. Sack Squirtle is continuing to lead the way. Winnipeg's vibes are back. We have yet another sellout, the second of the season. The fans are getting into it and are coming back to the stadium. I mean, you just can't imagine a team from where it was last year with the vibes just really in the mud. You know, the past few years of, of folks um, watching a disappointing product, really bad vibes in the locker room. Imagine that coming to this point now where the Jets are free-flowing, having fun, and fighting for each other. It's just awesome. Now, I will say that the only thing that happened in this game that will probably make people a little bit concerned is the Mark Shifley injury. And we do actually have something of an update on that in just a little bit. We'll talk about what the Jets may have to do over the next couple of games as they balance guys returning from injury and guys perhaps maybe feeling a little bit under the weather. We will get into that in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. It's almost the halfway point of the season, and the Winnipeg Jets are currently first in the NHL. Obviously, it's been crazy, and I know a lot of you have uh, you've weathered some rough seasons over the last few years. But regardless of where the Jets are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. Obviously, for those of you who are big stats nerds, you love goals, assists, save percentage, goal saved above expectation, and so much more. Well, Sleeper tracks a lot of the same stats. Maybe not all of the advanced stats you might be thinking of, but enough for you to have fun. And if you place a bet on what you think your player, uh, whether it's McDavid or Vasilevsky, Hellebuck, Ehlers, all of the top stars all the time. If you think you can beat Sleeper's projections, whether it's more or less for each stat category, you could win big. Because if you get eight stats categories correct, you could win 100 times your bet. That's eight correct stats categories, 100 times your bet. So start paying attention and start nailing your picks so you can win big with Sleeper. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Use code LOCKEDONNHL. See steeper terms of use for details and locational availability. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are diving into uh, some recent Jets injury woes and perhaps how the Jets might have to arrange themselves to try and get through stuff. I have a few proposed line combos that I think could like potentially be helpful if the Jets uh, are perhaps without some of the guys like Shifley uh, for an extended period of, period of time. We'll get to that in just a moment. But before we go any further, I wanted to let you know something really cool that the Locked On Network has done. Um Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts and our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, like I said, the Jets are currently dealing with some potential injury woes. Things have been a little bit rough for Winnipeg now, uh, which is funny because for the most part this year, the Jets really haven't had too many injury concerns. It's very atypical of this team to um, 
I would say, deal with a lot of top player injuries. Obviously, Kyle Connor and Villari missed some significant time. But, you know, for the most part, we haven't had guys that we can't weather the loss of. Connor was a really tough one and probably one of the biggest blows that we've had to deal with. Velarde, you know, it, it was a little bit of a situation where because we didn't even know what he was like when um, he came over and only played a couple of games, you know, the Jets could make it could make it without him. You know, we've had a team without him before. It would be something that the Jets could probably weather. Then you lost Kyle Connor and you're like, OK, well, ugh, that's a little bit a little bit of a different story. Um you know, he's a key part of the, the power play and everything. And so the Jets were getting a little bit nervous. But you know what? Velarde at the time came back and really took flight. And after that, you're like, oh, you know, the Jets might be OK. Shifley is one of those players uh, where suddenly things get a little bit different because the Jets don't have the same kind of center depth that they do out wide. And suddenly, you know, the question is, OK, well, uh, is he going to be OK? Are the Jets uh, perhaps in legit trouble? But thankfully, it sounds like uh, Shifley's injury is more day-to-day than anything. He had a groin issue yesterday. It's what looked like a groin. It was really hard to tell. He just sort of pulled up on one of um, these shifts where he was kind of carving through the neutral zone, entered like the offensive zone, and all of a sudden just like sort of lifted his leg and then pulled himself from the game, which when you see that kind of stuff, non-contact, it's really scary. Uh, Not something that you ever want to have to see. And, you know, for Winnipeg, I'm sure that was an oh crap moment because, like I said, center depth for this team right now, it's not actually that great, uh, which means you might have to really get creative, especially if uh, Shifley does have to miss at least a game. It's great that Kupari is back because immediately there's a chance that he might have to draw in. Uh, He got recalled earlier today, I believe. That is obviously a sign that, you know, the day-to-day stuff might be a little bit more of a situation where it might be at least a game or two without Mark. And, that really sucks. Shifley's been really good. Um, past couple of games, you've noticed a few shifts where maybe he's been struggling a little bit. I kind of wonder if uh, he's had a lower body issue issue for a while, and maybe it finally tweaked or something, and that's why he's perhaps looked a little bit off on some of his passes and uh, some of the shifts where it seems like he's maybe not been as fast as usual. So something to keep an eye on. Just hope that he heals up quickly. It also apparently sounds like Ehlers has a bit of an upper body issue, uh, Bowen said it was kind of minor again day to day. They are thinking that both Mark and Ehlers should be okay to play tomorrow. I think Ehlers is the more likely to start. Um, my, Mark might be a little bit more of a game time decision, but something to keep an eye on. I think the Jets would be even more in trouble if they have to go again against the Flyers without Ehlers. Um, Nick is one of our most creative players. Obviously, in the last game, he had a huge, huge, huge contribution. And so for the Jets, this would be. Uh, a really tough loss to swallow because they don't really have any guys who can step up and fill in that void. But, um, you know, looking at the rest of the team, obviously, uh, you know, if the Jets have to go without Mark tomorrow, I thought you could try Ehlers, Nemesnikov, and Velarde together. I feel like that's a pretty good line combo. At this point, whoever you seem to pair Ehlers with, it just doesn't matter. You know, he'll always be Nikolai Ehlers, which for the most part is high, high octane offense. Um, and Nemesnikov has done enough to where I feel comfortable putting him on the first line. You know, obviously it's not going to be the most ideal situation, but he has really elevated his game this year. And given the other center options, I feel like that's a fair enough choice. Um, you know, the the second line, maybe you could try Niederreiter, Perfetti, and Ayafalo. I don't know if this unit would be amazing. You might have to change things around a bit. 
Uh, Perfetti down at center again. You know, he had an all right streak the first time doing that. This would be kind of, again, more emergency spot duty. I don't know if this line would necessarily gel well, but given the options, the Jets might not have a lot of choices. Um, you could also potentially put Barron up on the second line and push Ayafalo further down. That might actually be a little bit more advisable. I feel like Ayafalo recently has struggled to really make an impact with the puck, so maybe Barron deserves a shot. Um, but assuming he stays on the third line, you know, you've got Barron, Lowry, and Appleton, which I think could be a reasonably fun third line. You know, as long as these guys can just kind of limit the number of chances against and maybe chip in a nice cheeky little assist or two, that's pretty much all you'd ask for. Um, and then the fourth line, Kupari, uh, Tanenato, and Jan actually Janssen Fialbi. Janssen Fialbi apparently is also feeling a little bit under the weather. So the Jets appear to be dropping like flies. Uh, you know, this is going to be one of those moments where the Jets really have to weather a bit of a storm. And it kind of came out of nowhere, right? I didn't think anyone really expected the Jets to suddenly have a couple of key injuries all concurrently. We've had this stuff happen in the past. Um, obviously, it's not that common that it happens. The Jets have generally been healthier than a lot of other teams. Usually, it seems to hit when the Jets are in the playoffs and like Shifley breaks his collarbone or something. So something to keep an eye on. This will also kind of be a good audition to see how the Jets are composed and what they might ultimately need at the trade deadline. Like, how does this team look without their top line center? You know, would a second line center who can step up and potentially fill spot duty on the top line be a bigger addition? Do the Jets need another wing scorer? Something to kind of keep in mind and, and keep an eye on against the, the Flyers who potentially might be facing us without Ehlers and Shifley, which, you know, for the Jets is a little bit of a scary prospect. The Flyers don't really have any notable absences that I can recall. They've been cooking this year, comparatively speaking. And, uh, you know, we might get another look at some of Winnipeg's trade targets like Sean Walker and Travis Konechny. Let's hope they don't do too, too well against the Jets. Now, speaking of uh, potential trade acquisitions, I wanted to talk about a couple of players the Jets have been linked to and whether they really make a lot of sense for the Jets. We'll dive into that in just a few minutes. But before we go any further, I don't want to shout out our friends and partners at Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to you know talk about uh, some fun stuff and escape the daily realities of some of the craziness out there, but we not we got to talk about something that's really important, right? And that's preparing for the unexpected. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right now in the middle of one of the worst uh, respiratory infection and all sorts of fun viral infections and bacterial outbreaks that we've seen in a while, thanks to, you know, everyone kind of getting back into their daily routines and stuff post-COVID. And I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than not having some basic supplies to kind of get through some of the stuff. I've actually recently had a pretty rough chest infection myself, needed antibiotics for it, and it was not fun, let me tell you. It took me about three weeks to kick it to the curb. But with a lot of pharmacies struggling to keep up with demand, you need something to kind of back you up. And thankfully, Jace Medical offers the Jace case, which is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial infections, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and so much more. This is stuff that probably has happened to you already. I know it's already happened to me. Maybe your friends, coworkers, and family have dealt with it. But if you want to get started, visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician's encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. 
Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are talking about the recent tradelings for the Jets and, you know, who actually makes sense for Winnipeg. Are there players that the Jets might be interested in? Uh, are these guys actually good or should Winnipeg perhaps abstain? Let's talk about the first one that's a little bit of a newer link. This one, um, you know, the Jets had scouts at the Montreal Canadiens game yesterday, uh, also San Jose. So maybe that could be a team the Jets are looking at. But explicitly, the the player that's maybe been rumored is Sean Monahan. And you look at Sean's numbers this year, I think people have been a little bit surprised. I myself have mentioned Sean earlier on a previous episode talking about a guy who, you know, traditionally hasn't been a top scorer. But this year, he's got 24 points in 41 games, which would look more like a middle six role, perhaps. A guy who could potentially be like your second line center or something. But the thing with Monahan is that when you look at the underlying shot metrics that he's got, they're actually not that great. You know, his defensive impact has generally been on the weaker side. Uh, his playmaking ability is still there, but you're not seeing uh, the, the chance creation, right? You're kind of seeing a lesser version of Elias Lindholm, which for me, you know, if 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 Monaghan were to slide in on the third or fourth line and didn't cost more than like a second round pick or something, I'm not really going to complain. Sean could potentially be a decent option there. Maybe he could offer some power play depth. I don't know if he's like been sick there this year, but you know, for the Jets, I, I just feel like Monahan for me, I don't love it. I don't love the fit necessarily. He does have a reasonable finishing rate this year. He's shooting like 13%. Uh, maybe with the Jets, he could improve it. I don't know. I just don't really feel like of the trade targets the Jets have either been linked to before or that I've even suggested Winnipeg target that Monaghan makes the most sense, right? The Jets are only going to have a couple of acquisitions that they can likely make at the, tra at the trade deadline. I guess the one thing in favor of Monaghan is that he's relatively inexpensive, right? Uh, his, his contract and cap hit are very low, which makes him very affordable. Now, whether that's the same in trade assets, I don't know. He's not going to fetch a first, I don't think. That would be a little bit expensive and probably more than I would want the Jets to do. But if the Jets were to, say, go for, like, Monaghan and you swapped, like, a second-round pick, maybe Appleton or something to make the money work and offer a, a salary or, like, a roster player back, I could see that potentially being an option. I know people are like, why would you want to trade Appleton? Honestly, Mason, after, like, a hot streak for a few weeks, has really fallen off the last couple of months. Uh, he's just not really been that much of an impact player. He can still be a really effective PKer, but I, I've really wanted more from him of what I saw earlier in the season. And, you know, you haven't seen it as much. So something to consider. I think I follow, you know, other people have mentioned as a potential swap player. The only reason I don't think that's going to happen is I think the Jets are really trying not to piss off Villardi as much as possible. He gets along really well with Ayafalo, and like I get that it's a business and sometimes you make really tough decisions, but I feel like Ayafalo is at least going to hang around until the end of his contract, you know, just for the Jets to make sure that they keep the locker room happy and they keep Villardi happy because like you really are going to want to extend Villardi long term at this point. So Something to keep in mind more on the personnel and relationship side than the business side. The other guy that the Jets have just been linked to recently is Matthew Joseph. Now, this one this one does intrigue me a little bit more. Joseph uh, has been really, really decent for the Sens. You know, he's probably one of their better wingers. And, you know, in a, in a third-line role for the Jets, I think you would be absolutely looking at the the upgrade on um, Appleton that you've you've really wanted. He's actually got a really solid defensive impact. 
you know, his skating is really decent. He's got a nice shot. And this year he's got like 19 points in 27 games. I think what's especially favorable with Joseph is that he's also signed with some term, right? He's got another couple of years. He's a little bit under 3 million per season. And for the sort of production that he's had over the last few years, um, I feel like that is actually pretty reasonable. Uh, he had 18 points last year in 56 games. So already he's matched that total and looks like he's easily going to exceed it. Perhaps uh, he might be on pace if he stays healthy to hit around 30 or 40 points, which given you know the, the contract that he's got is super cheap. He's had a career high of 26 points in 70 games. I think what's most nice about it or like what's nicest about him is that he has positive shot contributions. You know, he's a guy who offers some two-way transition ability. He's got, you know, notable defensive impacts. He's just a good all-around player. And I've talked about Joseph in the past, if I recall correctly, might have been last year where I was interested in him as a potential deadline option. Didn't materialize, but now the Jets have a chance to take a second crack. And of the guys Winnipeg has been linked to, I would say he would be really appealing for not only his cap hit, but also his versatility. You know, he could probably fill in effectively in the top six if you need him to, thanks to an injury or something. Uh, and again, you know, with with the Jets perhaps needing a little bit more punch um, in the bottom six too to add a bit more, you know, finishing depth, it could be a really nice fit. And the Jets certainly have the assets to make it happen. It might cost a little bit more than someone like Monahan, but given the fact that you're talking about a, a you know a potential 35 to 40 point winger for you know maybe less than three million bucks. I mean that's just dirt cheap. You really can't argue with the price. I think that cap hit is fantastic. It gives the Jets more flexibility to perhaps chase another player, whether it's a defender or center. And you know for Winnipeg, I think that would be pretty darn nice. Let me know what you think and who you might be interested in the Jets targeting in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for listening and making us your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to tune in early next week, probably Tuesday, for uh, a recap of what happens in the Flyers game. And hopefully, you know, the Jets come away with a massive victory because after that, they've got the Islanders. And the Islanders are apparently uh, overtime merchants, so perhaps the Jets might have to go into overtime and face one of the most annoying teams in uh, you know that extra period of hockey known to man. Be sure to tune in, though, find out, and as always, have a great night, enjoy your weekend, and go Jets go!